Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. If this is the end for LeBron in Los Angeles and he looks somewhere else or is dealt, was his tenure with the Lakers a success? There is a lot to get to on Fox Sports Radio, but before we dive in, I want to let you know you got to check out the latest lines from the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. George Reister is here. He's an NFL vet. He's also a Lakers fan. Find him on Twitter at George Reister. I am not an NFL vet. I am not a Lakers fan. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. But if LeBron James, if this ends up being it, George, and the craziness happens and LeBron is traded by the Lakers elsewhere in his four years at a Lakers uniform, would you deem what he accomplished in L.A. as a success? Yes, absolutely. Now, he won a championship. He was tasked. He was brought here to win a championship, at least one. You would have hoped that it would have been two. And granted, there is still time for this season, even though it looks extremely bleak. There's still a shot. So it's like, so you're saying there's a chance. There's still a chance. But look at not what the Lakers. Ha- huh? There's not much of one this year. That's what they said about the Bengals. You know, no. I'm, <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, okay. The, the narrative of the Lakers after the trade deadline, the thought was, man, can this team maybe add a piece and make them contenders in the West? And then they don't do any deals. They keep Westbrook and it's man. How is this team going to look next year? It, what is this team just going to pack it in for the rest of the season? The narrative changed immediately. This team would not have a chance against Phoenix or I'm, against Golden State in any. Series. I would, I would agree on 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 paper, but you still have LeBron James. You still have Anthony Davis if he's healthy at that at that time. And listen, it might take a you know a miracle on Thirty Fourth Street or a Christmas miracle to make it happen. But they have the talent and the skill set to be able to do it. It's just a matter of if they can actually put it together and get hot at the right time and go on a stretch. So I'm I'm putting their championship chances at five percent or less. All right, and I'll, so, I'll take the less for sure. But yeah, I, so I'm I'm not under any delusion that this is going to happen but I'm just saying that that this year is not written in stone that it's not finished yet and if he getting one championship in four years that would be considered a success I think pretty much any city in the any team in the United States any team in the in basketball football baseball if you bring in one player and expectations turn to a championship. If they get one championship in four years, that would be deemed a success, right? Yes. Wholeheartedly. So, yeah. So so the same thing has to be true for LeBron James. But I Yeah, think, this is I, what they, yeah, I want to hear this but because I was gonna give you a but. Go ahead. Sorry. But I sincerely doubt 
that this is his last year in Los Angeles. Don't I don't buy that at all. I saw the Brian Win, Winhurst that the Lakers may have to deal him this summer, and I don't see it because it would be such a bad PR move to trade LeBron when he doesn't want to be traded. And I cannot see a scenario where he's willing to be traded. I can't. His uh, Bronny is going to be a senior in high school. Bryce is going to be a sophomore. They're well-adjusted at the school. I see them all the time. They like it there. They have friends. Switching them up. LeBron's a good dad. I just don't see him making that move for his own personal when it would put them in a bad spot personally. See, this is the this is the unique thing about this. And I want to ask John Ramos, and I want to ask today's executive producer, Bo Benson, on their thoughts because I know that they are Laker fans, and I know that they uh, – want the Lakers to win NBA titles, just like you are a Lakers fan as well. John Ramos, I'll go to you. If it ended with these four years and LeBron bringing uh, one title and three playoff appearances, two of which in a playing tournament, if that was the four-year resume, would you consider LeBron's time in L.A. a success? If you stopped with the way you said it right there, I would say yes. Okay. If you continued on with... And they had all these injuries, and there was a bunch of craziness going on, and we, this guy was going here, and that guy was going there, and all this people didn't like each other, and the bus. Then I would say no, because that was just that's just crazy, out of control stuff. But you know what? I guess all even in the, in the NBA Showtime years with the Lakers and Magic, I'm sure there was a lot of turmoil going on there that we didn't know about either. So but sure, yeah, I would yeah. say yes. My answer okay. would be yes to you. Bo Benson, your thoughts? Would it be a success if it ended after this season? Yeah, I think so, just because people kind of have started to underestimate just how difficult it is to win a championship. And then the context of the year in which the Lakers won that title following Kobe's passing and everything that went into it, uh, absolutely, I, I think it would be a success. See, I think as as a as a Bucks fan, you know, one title in fifty years is awesome. <laughs> like, like it truly is. So to, to look at it in a four year window and try to determine if uh, if winning a title in that four year window is a success. But the reason that I brought you guys in is because the, you do have a little skin in the game because you are fans, you are Lakers fans. But this is where the Lakers and really LeBron, I think, are victims of their own success. When you brought LeBron here. You expected a title. You didn't You didn't think that maybe you would win a title. You expected to win a title. And I think you expected more than just three playoff appearances out of the four years with those playoff appearances starting in a play-in tournament. Like, those aren't the expectations. And maybe it's, it's unfair to LeBron, and maybe it's unfair to the Lakers, who have the 17 world championships tied with the Celtics for the, for the most in NBA history. But I think when you thought about this combo, especially when LeBron was, you know, basically coming off of eight straight trips to the NBA Finals, whether he was a member of the Miami Heat or the Cleveland Cavaliers, when he comes to L.A., you expected, all right, not only is this going to continue, but we are going to be in the picture year in and year out. And and I would say for 29 other teams, that even the Boston Celtics at this sort of run would be a success. I just don't think it's viewed that way. I actually oh, think that dude, it's, it's, it's viewed it is. as falling short because of what they weren't able to accomplish and the turmoil that has gone on that, you know, John Ramos mentioned of. I actually think that 
you expected more. Actually, I know you expected more. You expected Western Conference finals and finals appearances, multiple no. finals appearances, and I just oh, don't think that's going to happen. Dan. No, you couldn't be more off base with this one, dude, because because for, for fans of other teams, they probably, you know, take solace and, you know, feel good about the journey, right? They're like, yes, we were in the Western Conference Finals. We're close, all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not the way Lakers fans feel. Lakers fans are like, did we win it or did we not? There, There is no in-between. And that's why this season, them making, if they get knocked out in the second round of the playoffs or even first round of the playoffs or even the Western Conference Finals, that's not good enough. I mean, last last year was so abnormal with the injury to LeBron, Anthony Davis. Like the team was so beat up and hurt that at the end of it, you you thought, okay, what else could we have reasonably expected because of how hurt this team was? Now you fast forward to this season, you're like, this is a disaster. Uh, what it feels like to Lakers fans that it feels like it's a disaster. It feels like worst case scenario. But when you look back on these four years, you're like, yeah, we got a championship, though. Like there 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 is no progress, not perfection for Lakers fans. Whereas if you ask Suns fans, have these last two years been a success? Their fans are like, hell, yeah, it's been a success for sure. I think you could ask any any other NBA team that had a decent amount of success. Heck, any NBA team that have the Lakers resume of what these four seasons consist of, and I think that you would say it's a, it's a success. But again, it's to your point of saying the Lakers fan base is it's either a championship or it's not. So in three out of the four years, there were no championships. Oh, oh and, hold on, and, hold on, Dan. I need you to I need you to amend your statement for accuracy. Okay, two, in out, two of out of three. the three years, there have not been championships. <laughs> There's not going to be one this year either. But I, I will, for your point, in two out of the three, they haven't won. And if things continue the way that they're going now, I don't think that they're going to win that one. And this if it ends with without- an alleged attempted murder versus an actual, oh, gosh, we get big- to murder again. <laughs> this is, but here's here's the other part of it. This is what what the the like the. When you're a Lakers fan, and why the Lakers? You know, it's the Lakers are the are the Yankees in in terms of expectations and what you you know what you expect and maybe what you want. When the Lakers won the title in 2009, the celebration that went on in this city, George, you know it. You were here. John knows it. Bo knows it. You guys were here was like this team ended a 40-year drought to NBA titles. And it was only seven years. Yep. Like, it was like their last title. They just finished a three-peat in 2002. But they took the 2009 championship, and they filled the Coliseum with a well, rally it, after a parade. It mattered. See, see, now that one had special significance just like the 2020 one did because it was Shaq was gone. Shaq said Kobe would never win without him. Kobe wanted to have more rings than uh, Shaq and all of that. So, like, that, like, it, it was some other things that were, you, you know, that added to the uh, specialness mm-hmm. of that of that title. But I, I think if you were to start out and you said LeBron joins the Lakers do you think that they will win a title or a title or not? And I think a majority of the people 
would have said, yes, they win a title. And, and they did. That's what and, they did. And they ended up doing it. But it's the other years where they just fall, fell grossly short. The first year of not making it. The uh, third year, which was last year, of, of playing in the play-in tournament and then losing to the Suns. And I, I, know, I know injuries, again, like, you know, could have changed it, but those injuries happened, and the, the outcome was the outcome. They lost to the Suns in six games in the first round. So that's what it ended up being. And if they're in the play-in tournament again for the second straight year, I just think that the expectations of Lakers fans were we're going to be a top-two seed, we may not win every title, but we may go to the NBA Finals and make an NBA Finals and, and not win, or we may go to the Western Conference Finals, but there's no way that we are going to be first-round one-and-dones. And in reality, in only the one year that they won a title was the only year they made it past or into the conference semifinals but or further. You, you so. are right, Dan, but at the end of the day, we don't care. We don't care about the Western Conference uh, championship. The only way that that would matter – to, to to Lakers fans is mm-hmm. if it were in a if it were a year or in a situation to where like like the like the team was so incredibly young <laughs> that that you were like oh my and exceeded expectations that is the only way that Lakers fans are happy satisfied or even content with a non-championship season. It's That's funny the only way. You look at it, you look at it as championship or bust, meaning like a loss in the Western Conference final is just the same as not making the playoffs Correct. if you didn't win the title. And I and I don't look at it like that. You know, I look at it like I think the other 29 teams That's do. That's cuz so. you're a Bucks fan and you just <laughs> hey. and you just won for the first time since you've been alive. Everything is gravy. Everything is gravy. Yeah. So so if so if you don't win for 10 years you'll be okay you can't you can't go for I, another you know 50 but you but you can sure go for go for 10 and mind you I'll, if the bucks win again here but but here's the thing to it dan once you get a taste of that forbidden fruit you want more of it so now you guys just just won now if the bucks win back to back uh NBA championships three years from now if you guys don't win you guys are going to be getting a little bit antsy I'm telling you it's just the way it works Suns Suns fans if they win uh if they get back to the Western Conference Finals and or get back to the NBA Finals and lose again they're going to be antsy it's just winning begets more you know uh, higher yeah, expectations I get that yeah I, uh, truly, as a Bucks fan, if you would have told me this a decade ago, I never thought they would have won a title in my lifetime, uh, let alone doing so in 2021. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. We are sitting in for Doug today. Today's show brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply reister v ramos next here on fox sports radio be sure to catch the live edition of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio radio app doug gottlieb show on fox sports radio he's george reister the nfl vet i'm dan byer sitting in for doug you can catch george and i every sunday at five o'clock eastern time two pacific on fox sports radio not last Sunday because I was out. Not this Sunday because George is 
is out. But on most Sundays, you can catch us. But, hey, <laughs> you got us now, so appreciate it. We'll talk with Pete Doherty covering the Green Bay Packers from the Green Bay Press-Gazette in about 10 minutes or so. But, George, it's time for a showdown. Reister versus Ramos in a tradition unlike any other. It's time for Jag on or off. This is where we determine if the player that is named – were they a Jacksonville Jaguar or were they not a Jacksonville Jaguar? George spent majority of his career there. Was it six years in Jacksonville? Yes, sir. George? Six years in Jacksonville. So George Reister will not be a name that you hear today as a possible uh, answer. We've switched it up a little. Usually it's John just trying to figure it out. But let's see how good George is with this. So, George, you will go up against John Ramos, our technical producer, in this showdown today. By the way, you can find John on Twitter at JSRamos06. And the first of four correct answers wins. However, if one gets to four, the other one will have an opportunity to even up if it is a one-point game. Fair enough? Okay. John Ramos, are you ready? Always ready, Dan. George, George good luck to you, by the way. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Are, do you want to say good luck to John like he <laughs> wished you good luck? Absolutely not, man. Ooh, all right, let's start it off. George, uh, since you're not here most, uh, most of the days, John and I are when Doug's in, you get to go first today. What about Tory Holt? Was Tory Holt... A Jaguar. Was he on the Jaguars or off the Jaguars? Torrey Holt was absolutely a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that actually happened after I left. So, yes, but I know for sure he was a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was the year I left in 2009. That is correct. Torrey Holt in the one season, 15 games at 722 yards. On 51 catches, did not score a touchdown that year. But, yes, George is on the board. Don't worry, John, you have a chance to even it up. What about Peter Davidson? Peter Davidson, did he play for the Jacksonville Jaguars or not? Is this my is this my question? Yes. Um, yes. Let's see, Peter Davidson. I think he played for the Saturday Night Live team. I don't think he played for the Jaguars, so I'd say no. That is correct. Him. He now plays for Team Team Kardashian is who he plays for. I just saw him in Suicide Squad this past week and the new one that that came out. He was not in it very long. Let's just say that. (laughs) All right. Question number two to George Reister. Tied up one apiece between John Ramos and George Reister and Jagon or off. What about Josh De La Cruz, George? Josh De La Cruz. Jaguar or not? I am going to go Jag Off. It, okay. That sounds like the name of like an actor or something like that. You are correct. He's the guy on Blue's Clues that now I see every single day for five hours a day. Wait, that's his name? Yes, Josh De La Cruz is the new, uh, new guy with Blue on Blue's Clues and you. Okay. Yes. I've seen the dinosaur episode 50 times. <laughs> Because her sings on it. Did you know that? Like, she made a special appearance. George, you're up 2-1. Don't worry, John Ramos. You have an opportunity to even this up. What about Richie Cunningham? Is he a Jaguar or not? In Jag on or off? Oh, man. I just have a feeling that this is a trick question. <laughs> because I, the Richie Cunningham I think of would be not on the Jags. But there could have been a guy on the team. I'm going to say he was 
a Jacksonville Jaguar. That is correct. Yes! Once a place kicker for the Jaguars. Who was a Pro Bowl kicker for the Cowboys Wait, for who? a year, but spent a year. See, I was thinking Happy Days. Was. That's what I was thinking. But then I'd like, that's got to be a trick question. What was his name? Richie Cunningham. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. For sure. All right, George. Time for you to maybe take the lead again. We are on serve, by the way, in this game of Jag on or Jag off. Both George and uh, Jag on or off. That's what we're calling it. Both, both George and John have held serve two points apiece. What about R.J. Soward? Absolutely. You don't even have to finish. He was a draft pick. He was their number one uh, draft pick in uh, probably like 2000 or 99 uh, out of USC wide receiver. Uh, that is correct. George George knows a lot about R.J. Soward. They used yes. to have to uh, get for – I mean, he was only there a short period of time, but he had a trouble being on time because he had some uh, issues, and they would send a car to go pick him up every day for work. <laughs> oh, great story. I'm glad R.J. Soward made the – by the way, you know that there was an investment when they're sending the car for you. Yes. If it was a seventh-round pick, you're probably no, not doing just cut. that. Yes. Uh, 14 catches, 154 yards, and one touchdown in R.J. Soward's one season with the Jaguars. All right, John, time to even it up. And this, this is, is this is hard. It's getting good. Yeah, this is, this is really big. What about Stephen B. Smith? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> that's a tough one. I'm going to say... Oh, he was not a Jaguar. That is correct. Oh I just God. made it up that off of luck. Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> former Fox Sports Radio host. You may have heard of him. Stephen C. Smith. <laughs> All right. George, this is big because if you don't get this and John gets the next one, John will win. Okay. If you get this and then John doesn't, you win. If you both get this, we go to sudden death. Are you ready? Yep. Calvin Broadus. Oh, bro, this is an absolute no. Calvin Calvin Broadus is Snoop Dogg's real name. That is correct. Yes, you say Broadus, I said Broadus. <laughs> tomato, tomato. It's actually Snoop Dogg. So George got that one. All right, John. Wow. Are you ready? Yes. So we've had Tory oh, Holt. Man. We've had Richie Cunningham. We've had R.J. Soward. We'd have had Josh <laughs> De La Cruz. What about J.A. Guars? Oh. Jay, is that is he any relation to Florida? <laughs> I would say that'd be no. He was not a Jaguar. That is correct. Right. It's Woo. just the word Jaguars. That's all it is. Jaguar. There's there's no real person named Jay. You know what is funny is that I'm sitting here like, what the hell is this? I was like 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 J A Adande. Oh my god. Jaguars, oh. dude. I'm glad you didn't ask me that. I'd have, I would have been lost. John missed it last time we had, when we had Jack Sonville. <laughs> Jack Sonville. Uh, That's a good one, though. Yeah. Thank you very much. The host appreciates that. Hey, All right. Hey, sudden you know death. I, oh, no, no. Go on. I will uh, tell you after. Because uh, when I would go to restaurants when I was young and I, and I was in the league and I first got some money uh, and I didn't want to give my name either. I would, I would say uh, that, that my name, when they asked you for it, I was like rich. 
And they'd be like, what's your last name? Blackman. <laughs> so they'd be like, Rich Blackman. I'm like, oh, hi, 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 hi. I'm, I'm here. Oh, that's amazing. That is very well done. Okay. <laughs> Final one. George, if you get this right, you win. <sighs> if you get it wrong, John wins. Are you ready? Yes. Desmond Howard. Ooh. Okay, so I know he On the with- Jaguars or off the Jaguars? I'm going to go with on the Jaguars because I, I think he finished his career there. That is correct. 1995. John Ramos, you did nothing wrong. You played a perfect game. Oh, what a great game. Good job, George. Unfortunately, the tiebreaker, the the sudden death tiebreaker came in. And if you have a problem with our tiebreaker, take it up with the NFL. We just do what they do when it comes to overtime. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. We go to Titletown to find out the latest with Aaron Rodgers. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. And joining us now to try to make sense of what's happening in Green Bay, uh, columnist for the Green Bay Press Gazette covering the Packers. Pete Doherty joins the program again here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Pete, how are you? Pretty good. How are things going today? Well, we, things are things are, are going well. A uh, little cooler here in Southern California. I know a little different story uh, back in the uh, America's dairy land. But uh, we talk about this Aaron Rodgers situation, and George and I did earlier in the show. It, this $50 million number pops up in a, in a report from uh, ESPN yesterday and saying that Rodgers maybe wants money. It, is this now about money? Because it never seemed to be about money prior to this when it comes to Rodgers and his return to Green Bay. Oh, I think, yeah, money is always a factor, yeah. So um, I don't know if it's the predominant one, but he'll probably gauge their seriousness in part on what kind of contract they offer. And, you know, I'm sure his agent has been doing some work, finding out what he could get elsewhere if he got traded. So, yeah, hard to believe it it wouldn't be a factor. There's so many ways to structure these deals. You know, 50 million average could mean a lot of different things. You know, it's it's how much he would make Mm -hmm. over the first two or three years is what would matter. And, you know, they could pay him, you know, in that range and still have his cap hits go down for the next couple, you know, for this year and, you know, keep him reasonable the next couple of years. There'd just be a big piper to pay, you know, after he retired. Yeah. And that, that big piper to pay is kind of like what's happening in uh, Atlanta right now with, uh, with, with Matt Ryan, but staying on Aaron Rodgers, though, if you look at, you know, the salary cap, how much the salary cap is going up this year take, takes a big jump the next few years with the new TV money. Like, How soon before, even if Aaron Rodgers does get average $50 million or even $50 million in cash, uh, be, before we see more quarterbacks above the 40 threshold and getting into 50? Yeah, there's already a couple in the 40s, right? Mahomes for sure. Was it Allen or somebody? Dak, yeah, Dak and Allen. Yeah, Dak, yeah, so they're both at 40 or above, I think. So, yeah, you're right. With the uh, spike we're going to see between the TV money going way up with that new contract and the gambling money starting to kick in this year, and that's significant. So I think if Rodgers doesn't hit 50, the next big quarterback to do a deal probably will. I mean, it's, it's imminent, I would think, for, that, for hitting that price range. 
Pete Doherty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, Green Bay Press-Gazette, talking about the Green Bay Packers, specifically Aaron Rodgers. Where do you think this relationship between Rodgers and the front office took a turn for the better? Like, how did it, how did it start to maybe get back on track where it wasn't maybe a year ago? Yeah, it started, I think, with, you know, their – I mean, they took multiple visits out there to see him. Uh, I think they took multiple coaches out there, at least on one of them. Um, they traded, you know, he wanted Cobb, who mm. they never would have gone after otherwise. They traded for him, and he showed up to camp on time. And I think starting right around then is when things started improving. And I think Gutekunst has gone out of his way to, you know, he went out of his way during the season to talk to Rodgers about, you know, some of the in-season moves they were considering and at least solicit his, his opinion on that. Um, so I think all that helped a lot. I th- it seems like Rodgers and LaFleur got along pretty well, you know, all along. So it was more with, um, with Gutekunst and Rodgers. Now, if we're looking at the Devontae Adams situation, I, I can't help but wonder how much, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who, who has been – obviously crafting some of these situations to work to his advantage. How much do you think that his timing on what he's going to do is going to be determined by how he sees, you know, uh, Devontae Adams taking, taking care of, and is he angling for that? I'm sure he is. Um, I don't know exactly how that's going to work. I mean, they both affect each other. I uh, like if Rodgers comes back, it's just it's got to be a given that Adams is coming back. Rodgers would want to have that assurance. And if you're the Packers, why bring back Rodgers for a year or two or even three if you're not going to have Adams be part of it? It just wouldn't make much sense because you're really going for the Super Bowl in those years. So they're tied together, and they do have that franchise tag to work with which would buy them time to work out an extension with Adams, you know, if they can't do it the next couple of weeks. Um, it, so, I, you know, which, you know, the chicken or the egg, which is first. I mean, I just find it hard to believe Rogers would agree to come back without some kind of evidence that, that Adams will be back. So that would assume at the minimum, that means tagging them or, you know, preferably that a deal between Adams and the Packers is already signed and Adams he might not want to be back with the Packers if Rodgers is. And Adams has to be thinking about being a Hall of Famer now. You know, he has a couple more huge seasons, and and he'll be on. You know, he'll be in good position to be a Hall of Famer. Maybe he thinks he needs to play with Rodgers or another top tier quarterback to do that in the next couple of years. So, if he doesn't think Rodgers is going to be here, Adams might want out too. Pete Doherty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio covering the Packers or the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb. Free agency in the NFL starts in less than three weeks. What is your best guess when we get this decision from Rodgers? I'm thinking in the next week or two, though, just kind of the grapevine stuff I was hearing from the Packers' expectations. I think they're thinking the first week of March. And maybe it'll be a little sooner than that. Um, I mean, he knows that a lot's got to happen, and a lot will be based on his decision as far as contract restructures and Adams and all this stuff. So he's well aware the sooner the better, either for them to get him traded if that's what he wants or for them to bring back the kind of roster that he wants. You know, they need as much time as they can to do all that stuff before free agency starts. So 
uh, he knows that. So I, a week or two, I would that would be my best guess. Now, uh, as you get to you know the the free agent market, you're going to see a lot of movement. And is do do you think that Jordan Love? At the backup quarterback, at least currently for the Packers, that he'll be on that roster next year. Yeah, I find it hard to believe he won't. I just don't think they could get much for him if they, let's say, they wanted to trade him now. What's you know, is anybody going to give him more than what a four? You know, maybe a three. I don't know. Um, I would think they would, and his contract is still pretty cheap. I would think even if Rodgers returns, and he signs a deal where he's going to play two or three more years. I would think they'd want to bring Love back. He would get most of the offseason work, you know, and then he'd play he'd play almost all, you know, all the games, all the, the almost all 60 minutes of all four or all three preseason games and hope that he performs really well and then hope if he does and then if he ever gets forced into play on, you know, this upcoming season and that he would do well enough where they could get you know, a decent draft pick in return for trading him, you know, next year at this time. The uh, the clock is ticking in many a ways, and yeah, free agency will be here before we know it, and that decision from Aaron Rodgers will be here before we know it. Pete Doherty, Pete, thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Uh, yep, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Get him on Twitter, at Pete Doherty. Read him in the Green Bay Press-Gazette covering the Green Bay Packers. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. The Kansas City Chiefs have not only brought back one former coach, they're keeping another on staff. What does Doug Gottlieb think about that? We'll hear from the host of this show next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on mondays wednesdays and fridays facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door because no bs is allowed we keep it 100 this is where real conversations happen listen to the right or wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts He's George Reister. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Find George on Twitter at George Reister. You can hit me up at Dan Byer on Fox. So we are sitting in for Doug Gottlieb today. Doug's been a busy man, but on the road for college hoops. But this morning, he was in for Dan Patrick on Fox Sports Radio, and we're going to hear from him. Hear from him in a segment we like to call. And now, <laughs> George, this was Doug weighing in earlier today as he was filling in for DP, weighing in on Eric Bieniemy returning to the Kansas City Chiefs as offensive coordinator on a one-year deal. No one actually does know what his level of input is, what his level of effectiveness is. He has many stories that come out that whether it's Mahomes or other coaches, but Mahomes like doesn't have a great working relationship with him. This is all you need to know. It's not about the interviewing shouldn't necessarily tell the story. When he's interviewed, there just hasn't been any meat there. Like these guys that go in for interviews, you've got to really invest in the process. And who do you like? Who do we have? 
How do you want to change? What is the plan? Who would you hire? Who would you draft? I talked to three people who have interviewed him for three different jobs, and they've all said similar to the same thing. I I came in not knowing if I would like him or love him. It wasn't about personality, but one, no one's able to identify exactly what he does in Kansas City. But not calling plays does not mean you can't be a head coach. Nobody actually cares, right? It's can you make everybody work together? Do you have a vision and a plan? But the big thing that was missing is some sort of substance to the plan, to the vision, where you could close your eyes and just feel it, taste it, sense it. And they all said kind of the same thing, like not really comparable to some of the other guys that we, we interviewed. That's it. That's Doug's take on why Eric Bieniemy hasn't uh, gotten a head coaching gig while he's back in Kansas City on a one-year deal. Uh, what are your thoughts on Doug's thoughts of Eric Bieniemy, George? Now, I have a different take on why Eric Bieniemy hasn't had a job, and I think that it is much the same as Chauncey Billups. That when Chauncey Billups got this job in Portland. The first thing that came out, people started talking about things he said or 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 the old case that he had been cleared of all of these sorts of things. And those are things that would come up with Eric B enemy. But the but I disagree with Doug, because one of the problems with hiring in the NFL, which is why there haven't been more minority candidates hired, is because the owners, quote unquote, don't feel comfortable with with certain guys because they may not understand them on that level and Eric B enemy is the guy he's been on so many interviews. I highly doubt that he is not competent or does not have a plan for what the future is now. And we've seen non play callers get jobs, all of, all of that. So as far as Eric goes, I think there is probably a little bit more to it than just as simple as, yo, he's just not the, the right guy because Owners clearly don't know what they're looking for when they're hiring coaches. They don't know whether they want an offensive guy, defensive guy, former head coach or not. That's why they end up with so many bad hires, Dan. Well, I, I think, see, this is I, – I don't, I, don't I, I don't think that Doug is lying at all with the feedback that he's got. No, 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 no. I don't think people. so either. Yeah, I, I don't think that that is the case. I do think it's up to Eric Bieniemy if those are the shortfalls. It is up to him to find out why he hasn't landed those interviews and maybe try to change that portion of how he interviews or to do better in that scenario. The the, the whole question where it just comes back to, and maybe it's apropos because it's Sean McVay and they just won a Super Bowl as well, but – I. It was basically the the requirement was you needed to know who Sean McVay was to get a head coaching job in the NFL. Or or at least have touched his hand. Yes, yes. If you've touched his hand. I mean, because his offensive coordinators – they haven't even been play callers and, and have gotten gotten jobs. So so that the, myth is dispelled as well. Yeah, that's the thing that that rubs that I guess rubs me the wrong way is why isn't there someone that's willing to take a chance when it seemingly seemed that some of these assistants maybe weren't as qualified? You know, Zach Taylor, you know, showing that he's uh, fully qualified, taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl. But the enemy, I think, has to change it up a little bit as well. Hey, some sometimes there's nothing you can do. He's George Reister. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, Deshaun Watson may be headed out of Houston. We'll tell you where he goes next. 